Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, hello everyone and welcome back. We're starting a new um, book of the Bible today. We're starting 1 Samuel. Um, 1 Samuel seems like a really exciting place. Um, The Hebrew title Samuel refers to Samuel as the key figure in 1 and 2 Samuel. It's one who establishes the monarchy in Israel, you know, the kings. By, you know, Samuel is the guy who first anoints Saul, then David. So in this sense, Samuel <clears throat> is the kingmaker. He was the kingmaker here in ancient uh, Israel. Um, so you got First and Second Samuel. Uh, it's sort of like First and Second Kingdoms. Uh, you got Saul, and then you got David. And uh, so Samuel probably writes most of this book but um at some point in time um you know he might have had his disciples you know finish it up because uh his death is mentioned in first samuel chapter 25 so he couldn't have written um anything after that so you know we've got a story of saul we got a story of david we got a story of king david so we're talking about building this dynasty, uh, this Davidic dynasty in this house. David becomes the center of the genealogical history in, in Israel and the, sort of the divine plan of salvation because there's going to be a coming king from the house of David. So um, David's going to sit on the royal throne, but then God promises David and his house an eternal dynasty that's going to be Jesus, who's going to be the Messiah King to come. And uh, it shows that um, Jesus, as this Messiah King, is obedient to God, uh, even to death on the cross. So we're transitioning from Eli, a priest, to Samuel, who's more of a judge, and then from the judge Samuel to the King Saul, and then from King Saul to King David, and um, so um, you've got this this link between a judgeship and a kingship. And of course, Jesus is both judge and king. So we're going to start with 1 Samuel um, 
and jump right in. So chapter 1, verse 1, there was a certain man of um, Rathamim, Zolpam, of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroam, uh, son of Elu, and the son of Tohu, and the son of Zephu, an Ephrathite. An Ephrathite. Okay, so that's a lot of names I can't pronounce very well, but Elkanah is who we're talking about. Okay, so we're just starting out with a regular family. And maybe Elkanah was a little bit more well-off than, than most, but here we go. We're talking about this guy Elkanah. And um, he had two wives. Now, we're starting off on the wrong foot, as McGee says. You know, um, not everything in the Bible God agrees with, but he's telling you the facts of the case. And, of course, you know, Adam and Eve's, you know, sin, God didn't, didn't uh, you know, condone that. But we get it in the Bible. So we got um, Abraham, you know, he took two wives. And, of course, God didn't like that either. So, um, Isaac and Ishmael, you know, Ishmael is um, the, the offspring of the servant slave woman. And, you know, Isaac is um, Abraham's, you know, first, you know, his, reg, his, his wife. And so, um, see what happens, you know, there. So, we've got two wives, unfortunately. The one... Uh, the name of the one was Hannah, and that's probably his first wife because her name is mentioned first. And the name of the other, uh, Penina, and Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And that's probably why this fella, Elkanah, married a second wife, because as my study Bible says, you know, back in these times, um, trying to have an offspring was important. And uh, he was probably wealthy enough that he could afford a second wife. And he's probably doing it because he had an estate and he wanted to try to pass it along to um, an offspring. So, uh, verse 3. Now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, um, Hoppinen, and Phineas were priests of the Lord. So this guy, you know, was um, obedient. He's going to worship and sacrifice. This is the first time, as my study Bible says, that there is reference to uh, the Lord of hosts. Um, reference to the Lord as the Lord of hosts. So it's kind of a reference to the New Testament because Jesus, you know, is the Lord of, of hosts. So um, in any event, um, he's worshiping there. Verse 4, on the day when Elkanah sacrificed, <clears throat> he would give portions to uh, Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her. Um though the Lord had closed her womb. So he still loves Hannah more than anybody, and he gives her a double portion. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So this this second wife was not 
a nice person. And it was, remember, just like, you know, Abraham had a wife, Sarah, and her womb was barren, and he takes the servant girl, Hagar, and Hagar had the same attitude toward Sarah. Um, so, uh, verse 7, so it went on year by year. What, you know, that must have been just torture for poor Hannah. Um, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Okay, so, I mean, every time that Hannah's trying to worship, you got this, you know, ungodly woman trying to provoke her. So she's not worshiping in her in her heart, but Hannah's trying to worship. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Now, maybe it's a rhetorical question. Maybe he knows why, or maybe he just doesn't know. But in any event, he's, he's trying to figure it out. And uh, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Uh, am I not more to you than ten sons? So he's trying to say, you know, hey, how about me? You know, you're so sad you don't have a son. What about me? He's trying to cheer her up, maybe. Verse 9, after they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. Hannah, she, was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. Verse 11, and she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give your servant a son, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. This is a Nazarite vow of not shaving. It's sort of a special dedication. You could make a special vow, not shave or cut your hair. Uh, eat nothing from the grapevine and not going near a dead body. These are special things to try to keep yourself super clean. And it's just, so in other words, so you can work in the temple and, you know, just sort of dedicate your life. So um, she did that. She said, I'll dedicate him to you. Verse 12, as she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved and her voice could not was not heard. So therefore, Eli took her to be drunk, a drunken woman. And that's kind of a sad commentary here because it's probably because there's a lot of women there that do come to the temple drunk. Maybe drunk on the wine that they're supposed to be sacrificing with. Who knows? But... Eli's, you know, unfortunately, it's a commentary on the times and what people's hearts were all about. And Eli said to her, how long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I'm a woman troubled in spirit. I've drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I've been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I've been speaking out out of my great anxiety and vexation. Okay? I've just been pouring my heart out. Then Eli answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. I mean, she didn't tell Eli what she's hoping for. Eli just says, you know, I, you know, may God grant your petition. 
And she said, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. And I think Hannah in her heart believed that God could grant her petition. And I think sometimes when we pray, we don't maybe believe it in our hearts that God can do what we ask. But we've seen this time before that for God to do what we ask, we have to be right with God in our hearts. Because these other drunk women around there, they could have been praying too, but their hearts weren't, weren't right. Verse 19, they rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord. And then they went back to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son. And she called his name Samuel, for she said, I've asked for him from the Lord. Now, the Samuel's name, as my study Bible says, is name of God or possibly offspring of God. So Samuel bore the name of God who who gave him to Hannah. So God gives Hannah Samuel. And then she names him Samuel because she asked for him from the Lord. Okay, so now Hannah has a kid. Verse 21, The man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and pay his vow. Now this is a point of personal pain here for Hannah in the past because this is where this other woman, this other wife, uh, Paniah, would, you know, try to irritate her. So now she's going, she's probably overjoyed now, she's going back with a son. Verse 22, But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, As soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. So she doesn't go with the rest of the family. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you've weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her along with a three-year-old bull, an apple of flour, a skin of wine, and she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh, and the child was young. And they slaughtered the bull, and they brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there. So, we've got Hannah now dedicating Samuel to the Lord um, in front of Eli the priest. So, we're going to stop here. We'll uh, continue our study tomorrow as we continue our study in First uh, <clears throat> Samuel. So, we'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your study today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. 
Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. Hello. So today we begin our study in the book of First Samuel. And our study is First Samuel beginning at First Samuel chapter one, beginning at verse one, all the way through to verse twenty-eight. So this book, I'm just gonna read the intro. This is the first um this book of First Samuel describes the transition of leadership in Israel from judges to kings. Three characteristics are prominent in this book. Samuel, the last judge and first prophet, Saul, the first king of Israel, and David, the king-elect, anointed, but not yet recognized as Saul's successor. So this, the books of First and Second Samuel were originally one book in the Hebrew Bible, known as the book of Samuel, or simply Samuel. This name has been variously translated, the name of God, his name is God, heard of God, and asked of God. Okay, so First and Second Samuel gives us the origin of the kingdom. So this is the kingdom that has a historical basis and has geographical borders and has a king and has an earthly origin. So in First Samuel, one finds certain subjects that can be considered the theme of the book. First of all, the book of Samuel, um, prayer is the theme. That's one of the themes that we we'll look at, um, and it's also it's the, the it's the, sorry it's the theme of two books of Samuel. That's First Samuel opens with a prayer, and Second Samuel closes with a prayer, and in between we have a great deal of prayer. And then another theme is the kingdom. We have the change of the government from theocracy. That's the change of the government in Israel from theocracy to a kingdom, and we have. God, God's covenant with David in Second Samuel, chapter seven. So, um, then we also see in the book of First Samuel the rise of the office of the prophets, who, um, is the messenger of God. So the prophet delivers a message from God to the people, um, and in the prophet replaces the priest because the priest had failed. So God now put up prophets. So when Israel was a theocracy, God moved through the priesthood, but when they failed, God sent them set the priesthood aside to raise and he raised up prophets as messengers and put a king on the throne. So how this book is divided, um so from chapters 1 to 8 we have Samuel, God's pro- Sam Samuel God's prophet. Chapters 9 to 15, we have Saul, Satan's man. Chapters 16 to 31, we have David, God's man, and Samuel. And Saul, Satan's man, in contrast. So um, here, in chapters 1 and 2, we, we're going to look at Hannah's prayer. This is we have Hannah's prayer, an answer, and the birth of Samuel. So verse 1, scripture reads, Now, there was a certain man of Ramathaim, Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was 
Elikana, the son of Jerotham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, and Ephra, an Ephraimite. Verse two, and he said, and he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penny. Uh, Penny Penina. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, Penina. Yeah, Penina. So Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. So here already we have a problem. So something that actually God doesn't approve, and that's the that's the marrying of two more than one wife. So the fact that certain things are recorded in Scripture doesn't mean that God actually approves of them or um, God disapproves of them. He merely gives us the facts concerning history, persons, and events. For example, the sin of Adam is recorded history. doesn't mean God approves it. The sin of um, man um, or the lie of Satan doesn't mean God approves it. It's merely a recorded historical event. So the fact that... um, the fact that Elkanah, Elkanah, sorry, had two wives doesn't mean God approved of it. So they were actually having trouble in that house, which actually is evident that God wasn't blessing this particular time in this home. There was no blessings. Verse 3 goes on to read, This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh, also the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. So going up to worship, God had, you know, his problems back in the day. So in that day, as there was, you know, evil present there, you know, as um, Hophni and Phineas, they were evil. Um, you know, just like today, you find the most horrible people around. You know, they're the first people in church on Sunday. They are, they don't miss a service and, 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 you know, the likes. Just like the Last Supper. The most dangerous place to be, as Dr. J.V. McGee puts it, was in the upper room because Satan had entered Judas Iscariot. So you actually find the most evil people are actually in the church. Verse 4 goes on to read, And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and all her sons and daughters. Verse 5, But to Hannah he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. So he actually gave Hannah more than he gave to the other and, you know, with her children combined. Reason being because he loved Hannah more, but the Lord had actually shut up Hannah's womb. Verse 6 goes on to read, And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So the other wife was her adversary, and God actually, you know, this just shows God actually disapproved of this two-wife situation and you know they weren't having family issues so just because it's something's recorded in scripture that doesn't mean god actually approves or disapproves 
it's just a recorded fact. And this is a situation that God actually just never approved in the situation of Abraham. You know, he did not, was not patient enough and, you know, to heed, um, you know, to trust God, that God would actually bless him with a child. He went and had a child with his maidservant, Haggai. So, and now we have, you know, uh, Ishmael, who is um, the son of, uh, the father of the um, Arabian people. Verse 7 goes on to read, So it was a year, so it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she was provoked, that she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. So how did, you know, she was a prayerful woman. She went up to pray, but, you know, the other woman kept on provoking her. Verse 8 goes on to read, Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah arose there. Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. Verse 10. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. So she prayed for a son. Verse 11 goes on to read. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant but will give your maidservant a male child then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall be shall come upon his head so Hannah prayed for a son and she made a vow she would make him a Nazarite unto God so separated unto the service of God verse 12 goes on to read and it happened as she continued praying before the lord that eli watched her mouth so eli was the high priest and he saw uh, that this woman came up to pray and he watched her mouth uh, as it was moving but he actually couldn't read her lips and eli came to a conclusion here verse 13 now hannah spoke in her heart only her lips moved but her voice was not heard therefore eli thought she was drunk so this actually gives a picture of the condition in that day for eli to think she was drunk so we actually find out you see a glimpse we actually find out that these sons of eli um you know they drunk and colossaled there and eli knew it and he actually just ignored it so eli thought that um you know hannah was drunk because there had been others who were drunk and it wasn't really the best place to actually be like we said earlier you know um, they it, it wasn't really the best place to actually go because there was, you know, all this um, drinking and, you know, um, these things that were happening. Verse fourteen goes on to read. So Eli said to her, "How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you." So this is Eli's conclusion that she was drunk. But Hannah, verse fifteen, answered and said, "No, my lord, I am a woman." of sorrowful spirit i have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink but have poured out my soul before the lord so this woman was 
prayerful and very, you know, she prayed deeply to the Lord, such that, you know, even the high priest thought she was actually drunk in prayer. Um, that's how much she had, you know, so much sore and so much, you know, she wanted the Lord to actually hear her prayer. Verse 16 goes on to read, do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house in Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Verse 20, so it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. So Samuel, sorry, Samuel means ask of the Lord. So this book actually opens with a cry of a godly woman while the people actually cry for a king. So Hannah is crying out for a child. And God builds the throne of a woman's cry when a woman takes... Uh, so you have, you know... So when a woman takes her exalted place, God builds her a throne. Verse 21 goes on to read, Now the man Elkanah and all his house went up for, up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and said, and his vow. But Hannah did not go up for she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned, then I will take him to then I will take him that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. So Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best for you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only let the Lord establish his word. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son while she had weaned him. Or until she had weaned him. Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls, one ephah, of flour and a skin of wine and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh and the child was young then they slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli and she said oh my Lord as your soul lives my Lord I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord for this child I prayed and the Lord has granted me my petition which I asked him Therefore, I also have lent him the Lord to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshipped the Lord there. So here um, we see Hannah kept her vow. You know, she had dedicated her son to the Lord. And she kept her vow. Um, and she dedicated him to God because God granted her what she had prayed for. Okay, so this is our... Um, teaching for today. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and looking forward to the study of the book of Samuel. First Samuel. Bye-bye.